Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Wolverine. And there's just no sugarcoating it or adding fluff to the intro today. Jim Harbaugh is back at Michigan. Uh, we all, the three of us here, Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey, Chris Ballas. Guys, we did it. Print the t-shirts. We survived Jim Harbaugh Watch 2023. Uh, for now, a new contract will be coming. But, uh, you know, before we do the, you know, even, I, I just, we probably just push intros and pleasantries to the side today and just get right into it here. Uh, Hutch, if you can bring up the story or bring up the graphic from Santa Ono. Santa Ono broke the news, by the way, for who any, anyone who said that he wasn't going to have an impact on athletics. Um, he might be. I can't think of someone who's had a bigger impact on Michigan athletics in the last eight or nine years than this guy in just three months on the job, just in terms of the football program. And, um, you know, he's kind of reached like this Jim Hackett kind of folk hero status. But let's read the we'll get into uh, the newsy stuff and then get your guys' reactions on it first. Here's the statement from Santa. Oh, no, uh, you guys on YouTube see it on the screen here. I just got off the phone with Coach Harbaugh and Jim shared with me the great news that he is going to remain as the head coach of the Wolver of the Michigan Wolverines. That is fantastic news that I have communicated to our athletic director, Ward Manuel. Very interesting wording there that we'll get to momentarily. Hutch, can we get the Harbaugh um, statement after that as well? See as we as we do this live here. Do we have um, like the, the Santa Santa's coming from Elf? <laughs> Honestly, that one. Yeah, let's pull that one up too. You planted yeah. the seed, so Hutch will have it before this show is over. Yes, he will. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Michigan football's social media accounts, uh, quote tweets this with a statement from Jim Harbaugh that says, I love the relationships that I have at Michigan. Coaches, staff, families, administration, President Santa Ono, and especially the players and their families. My heart is at the University of Michigan. I once heard a wise man say, don't try to out happy happy go blue and that's of course from jim harbaugh so all of this news drops today we don't uh, we know a contract extension is being worked on uh, we know it's in the works it's going to give him a raise we'll, we'll see what the details of it wind up being we would expect the buyout on it uh is larger but he's back he's at michigan uh you've got most of the nfl guys back which we'll talk about a little bit later but guys right now just your uh whoever wants to start off your initial reaction on the news of the day. Thank God. Um, each one of these, like we've said, takes seven minutes off or seven years off our lives. You know, each one of these coaching searches. But more than anything, uh, kudos to Santa Ono, who we've said since he was hired. And, and kudos to the Regents. There it is. There it is. Uh, kudos to the Regents, man, who hired him with the knowledge that this was a, a very important time for Michigan athletics as it pertains to NIL. 
uh, football obviously pays the beers, bills for the entire athletic department and or a good portion of it. And you've got to take care of your coaches, man. And uh, who knows where this thing would have gone had Jim Harbaugh left. And you know what? Uh, there's still a lot of work to do, but they are humming right now. Uh, I think the buyout is going to be significant. Uh, the numbers that we heard last week were eight to nine million dollars that he had agreed to uh, for a buyout and that he would be among the top five, the average of the top five paid coaches in the country. So I think he will be the highest paid coach in the Big Ten, as he deserves to be, frankly, if we're being honest. It took him a while to get there, but he got there. Uh, a Red Sox lover. I, I, You know what? It's fair to, you know what, It's as, as far as athletics go, it's fair to say that Santa is already the best president in the history of Michigan because we are obviously, what we do, we care about that. Uh, academics is first and foremost, and I have no doubt that he will leave his mark there too. There was a, somebody told me from the inside, they said they had a meeting uh, at the, with the U of M hospital and they were talking about departments that were on top and then the other ones that were like on the cusp of the top 10. He goes, well, why aren't they in the top five or top three? So he has high expectations for everything, including athletics, which is, as we all know, is the front door to the university. And this is amazing. The guy is uh, the guy is incredible. And uh, just, you know what, kudos to him and grateful that this is over. Yeah, just huge news for Michigan. Uh, they had a bunch of guys return over the last several days for another season, but nobody more important than the head coach who there, there's no head coach out there you'd rather have if you're a Michigan fan uh, in this spot. I mean, you could promote from within. You could look at some candidates that people float out there. If he were to have left, none of them anywhere near as good as bringing back your head coach with it looks like the staff and a bunch of talented players. So this is huge for Michigan, not only in 2023, but going forward, Mike Kliss, uh, a Denver reporter says that Jim Harbaugh called the Broncos this morning to notify them of his decision to stay. Uh, they never got close to talking a contract or an offer, uh, but he pulled his hat out of the ring. Broncos don't believe he was using uh, them as leverage. So Jim Harbaugh, kind of comes to a decision. And as you said, Chris, I mean, hats off to Santa Ono. Uh, I thought both statements were really telling uh, and interesting. Santa Ono saying that he received the call from Jim Harbaugh and then notified Ward Manuel. Uh, and then Jim Harbaugh saying that he appreciates Santa Ono, the administration, no mention of Ward Manuel, uh, you know, first and foremost, the players and, and, you know, the exact quote that Anthony read earlier on. Uh, but Santa Ono able to get it done. Uh, certainly not surprising that Jim Harbaugh is back at Michigan, but uh, it's definitely good resolution. Now they can move on and and uh, kind of get into the offseason a little bit earlier than they did a year ago. And uh, winter workouts started today. Spring ball is what, in probably six weeks or something like that. Uh, we're rolling here. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's it's time for football season already. I think there's 245-ish days until the season. I can't wait. Man, that's crazy. I know. I want my summer. I need my summer, Clay. Don't me too. Away. Me too. But it's winter right now, so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, give me the football. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's nice too when we sit and we, again, this isn't. It, it's over. He's coming back to Michigan. The saga will officially close itself out when when the details of this contract are worked out. But also, this is three weeks earlier than last year. Uh, last year, he got on a plane on National Signing Day. I think ultimately announced he was returning on the second national signing day. It's the least consequential of the two, but you know, now it's, I think it's notable that on the day that it kind of fits together perfectly first day of winter workouts, uh, NFL draft decision day, which we'll talk about those guys that are coming back here in a little bit. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, 
you know, not to get too much too in the weeds about the administrative stuff and, and stuff that might be going on behind the scenes, but I want to read this tweet from John U. Bacon because it kind of it kind of speaks for itself. It sums up how I feel about the statement and the way it was presented and Santa Odo breaking the news. Um, John says, yes, Harbaugh called the UN president, not the AD. I'm sure the deal could not have been done without the AD, but it probably true. It wouldn't have been done without the president either. And no, it's not a great look for the AD coach relationship. It speaks for itself. So the elephant in the room guys is kind of, I don't know what it means for Ward Manuel. I think the way that things have been worded in these statements the last couple of weeks have been very deliberate in terms of, I won't say I mean, it, there's, there's very clearly some kind of disconnect with um, the three parties here. Uh, and, and the fact that Santa, the, the, one of the concerns I have about the Santa Ono thing is now that every time there's some kind of issue that can't be worked out between adults, you have someone who has to come in and be the intermediary. And that's not tenable to me. So I guess, Chris, I'll go to you. I mean, uh, you being the, have a you know a few more ears to the ground administratively than we do. What what is going on there right now? Well, I don't think it, there's any question that the to call the I, you know what you said all between three of them. I think it's really between two. I think it's Ward and Jim, and I think it's a little bit frosty. And I think it still goes back to 2020, and when Jim got his pay cut in half, fair or not, uh, I think he was still stung about that. And then last year. Um, had to negotiate his way back up to, I think, just short of what his initial contract was at Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. I think Clay's brought that up a number of times. Uh, I don't think that sat very well. But uh, And in speaking to people um, close to it, I, I'm, I pre- can pretty much guarantee that. You know, these guys have egos. No matter what you want to say about, like, Jim Harbaugh giving his bonus money to uh, spread it across the athletic department to make a statement or whatever, uh, it's a kick in the, in the groin. So uh, to his credit and – to Ward Manuel's credit, to Santa Ono's credit, they got it done. Uh, this was by far the best outcome. So, but what does it mean, like you said, for the Ward Manuel Jim Harbaugh relationship going forward? That's the big one. So, you're going to hear all kinds of you're going to hear all kinds of rumors and rumblings and everything else. And uh, at the same time, it what really matters is peace and quiet now guys we don't need to hear anything else in the news we don't need the president chiming in on anything else like you said anthony and i don't think we're going to see that i think you're going to see unless unless somebody drags their feet on nil because it's very clear now that what the president believes about that too uh he's gotten so many emails and and dms and everything about that and what are we going to do to keep up and so on and so forth uh hopefully he understands now or, or doesn't feel the need now to get involved or won't need to, I guess, put it that way. So, but it's great news, fellas, again. And um, as long as everything now is kept behind the scenes, uh, we'd appreciate that because we don't want to have to analyze everything that's said. For sure. And here's something too. If you are concerned about the head coach athletic director relationship, um, you know, since there was maybe a fracture in that relationship, potentially, Michigan's won two Big Ten titles, beat Ohio State, made two college football playoffs. So in terms of football results, I'm not necessarily worried about that. They kind of operate, uh, you know, the way they do inside Schembechler Hall. Things, you know, obviously issues come up, things like that, where there needs to be communication. And it seems like that has been there. I've seen those two communicate and have their arm around each other at at different points throughout this season. Uh, So obviously they can, uh, you know, they can do things like that and, and, you know, attend events together and all that. I don't think it's, it's anything like that, but going back to, to 2021, you know, in January of that year, when Ward Manuel did cut Jim Harbaugh's pay, 
uh, and you get columns from national writers talking about how groundbreaking and how what a great decision and you know how tactful it was by Ward Manual to get that done. It, it kind of looks like it, it didn't blow up in his face because Jim Harbaugh is still here and Michigan's won at a high level, but uh, it certainly, you know, and I said this at the time as well, I, I didn't understand it. Uh, either you want him or you don't, right? And, and Jim Harbaugh is a very competitive individual, and I think he, he doesn't forget things. Uh, he does not forget uh, little comments that a coach made 10 years ago, and then they play him and, and you know, you see him uh, run up the score a little bit, things like that. So he certainly doesn't forget that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Santa Ono comes in, saves the day, um, and we'll see what that relationship is going forward. But I agree with you, CB. Let's just, oh, I don't want to have to deal with cover and stuff like that. And I don't think we will either. Um, you know, we'll stick to football, which is uh, which is kind of what I enjoy much more than the drama of it. Uh, and uh, And things on the football field look really, really good. Let me say one more thing real quick, A.B. You can really uh, – some people will want to praise Ward Manual and say, hey, you lit the fire under Jim Harbaugh by cutting his salary, you know, and for now you brought out the old Jim, the jackhammer, and look what's happened the last two years. So, And I don't think that's entirely unfair. I think Jim, you know, again, these guys all have egos. So uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to give credit to Ward Manual knowing that he knew if he cut Jim's salary that he was going to go out and win at a high clip. However, it does. there does seem to be some correlation there. We got the really good focus Jim Harbaugh there. Counter argument there is a mm-hmm. guy with that level of competitiveness was going to want to write that wrong either way, right the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's this stuff is unknowable, as Jim right. Harbaugh would say. Um, and I, I agree, your point could could absolutely be the case as well. Um, either way, uh, they're sitting in a pretty good spot at this point. They are, absolutely. Yeah, and I think chief among it, when as we kind of wrap up this segment, we'll move into the what the NFL roster, or the NFL decisions looked like here. But uh, just, yeah, my final thoughts on it are you – know, Let's not forget why Michigan is here, too. It's taken a special group of guys. It's taken a special group of assistant coaches, players. And Jim Harbaugh gets credit for that. And, you know, everyone had a fire lit under them. So, and, and I mean, listen, it's, it's kind of hard when you, when you see these guys coming back and you see, um, you know, the type of guys that have been able to be lured back for an extra year because of NIL and things, certainly on the precipice of taking a step forward there. That's a hard. That's a hard job to say no to. And for as much as much frustration as there's been with Jim Harbaugh about having one, let's just say one foot out the door, or at least a wandering eye, the last few off seasons. Um, it's time. It is time for Michigan to commit to him too. It was time to do it last year. Put this to bed for good. But now he's done it two years in a row. You've made two college football playoffs. He's a top ten, top twelve head coach at any level of the sport. He needs to be paid as such. Uh, he shouldn't have to earn millions of dollars of his salary back by accomplishing things that, let's be honest, are going to be hard to do year in and year out. So the fact that Michigan is, it seems, willing to step up and do this. Also, the fact that it seems like Harbaugh and his camp is willing to seed a little bit of ground and and the, the buyout numbers go up. Let's not do this again next year. People talk about us all the time. Oh, this is just clickbait. They're just fear-mongering. No, we can get our clicks by talking about what the depth chart will look like next year, talking about what position battles could be next year. And we will do that this week. We're ready to move on and do that. Amen. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that this is not a dalliance. This is not a, a little a rain dance, so to speak, that 
this program can do every year and have that be sustainable. So this window is still open for them. They've done a tremendous job in getting guys back and, and adding to the, you know, adding guys to the transfer portal. But this is where the stability comes from in committing to your head coach. If you want to be one of those top five programs in all of college football, you have to pay him top five money. And I think that it seems like they're willing to do that. So yep, without a doubt. And that's, you know what, here we are. So it took a while to get here. And, and I've said this in the past, man, if this were 30, 40 years ago, when it's just being played out in the newspapers or something like that, you'd maybe read two, three articles. You know, now you've got everybody disseminating every little piece of information, us included. Uh, remember last year, it was, it was absolutely crazy. The stuff that we would get on a daily basis and that the three of us would talk about, you know, it's like, this is nuts, you know, and uh, this just happened happened in Schembechler Hall, you know, so, but these things are fluid and they change as well uh, quickly. So uh, frankly, uh, just glad it's over and uh, let's move on. Let's talk about something else, man. And uh, the fact that the coaches all look like they're going to stay, Jerome Moore uh, coming back for another year is absolutely huge. And I think Matt Weiss would be interested in calling a few more plays from what we've heard, Uh, maybe a little bit, a little bit more involved in the play calling. So uh, we'll see how they work with that but basically you have your nucleus intact and then some with all the players coming back and you're adding some veterans that are, i think are going to even solidify the culture even more it'd be almost be disappointing guys if they didn't win three in a row i agree with you well let's talk let's turn the page now let's talk football per clayton safety's request uh, let's talk about the guys that will be back uh this year this is the nfl deadline and again the deadline isn't technically as we sit here record it's a 620 here on on Monday night. Technically, deadline's not till midnight, uh, but Michigan's NFL draft decisions are in. Uh, The guys that declared wound up being the ones that weren't all that surprising. Uh, Mozzie Smith, Mike Morris are in the draft. Uh, Both starting corners, uh, Jamon Green, DJ Turner. Other than that, unless I'm missing someone, uh, everyone that has eligibility remaining is back. Uh, Blake Corum, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, Mike Barrett, there have been so many guys, uh, Chris Famous Jenkins. Bills. Jenkins. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Ryan Hayes had him, uh, another year, didn't he? But he was Ryan Hayes, this year. Ronnie yeah. Bell had another year, but, you know, yeah. those were kind of ones where they had senior bowl invites, you know, a month yep. and a half ago. So, yep. So good luck to them and, and what they did for the program. Uh, it'll never be forgotten. It's amazing how much crap Ronnie Bell took on message boards and stuff like that. And this guy is going to go down as part of the winningest, a huge part of one of the winningest two-year stretches in Michigan football history. Same with Ryan Hayes. So good for them. Well, now that we kind of have a full picture of how this roster looks, you got, as we said earlier, you got these guys back. You have the seven guys who are all going to play some sort of impact via the transfer portal. And there might even be more. I know that window closes in a couple of days and will open again after spring football, I believe. But, um, you know, th- this roster still might not be complete, but even with what they have, uh, they're running it back. I mean, this is basically when you look at key contributors, there, there are some spots like at wide receiver, like at cornerback, where some new guys are going to have to step up. But guys, this roster, the bones and, and the framework and the leadership structure, most importantly, I think is kind of has is intact. And, I don't think it's anyone can really shy away from it. You look at the guys that are back. This could be a preseason top two team. I'll stop short of saying national title or bust. That's really hard to do, mm-hmm. but playoff or bust, maybe playoff, it's a playoff or bust team. And I'd, I'd even go as far to say it's a playoff win or bust situation at this point. 
Yeah, which is hard because just imagine if Alabama had sneaked in there instead of TCU and, you know, um, and who knows, you know what, it is it is what it is. But that would have been a tough, tough, much tougher game and Michigan couldn't get it done against TCU. They really missed an opportunity there. But just get to, get to the playoff and see what happens. You know what, I think you could get there with one loss in the Big Ten. You hope it doesn't happen. But had some tough games this year. Penn State's going to be better, right? And mm-hmm. I think Ohio State coming here without C.J. Stroud, that's going to give them a better opportunity. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it would have been interesting, though, right, if he'd come back. And uh, yeah. and how much pressure would have been on that kid? You know, my entire legacy now. You know, could you imagine losing three in a row? I think it wasn't Kirk Herbstreit the last guy to do that. So, anyway. Um, but, so. yeah. Uh, yeah, but, hey, uh, this is going to be a great football team. It was almost boring at times this year, guys. And, if I mean, and by that, I mean, you knew it was coming. It was it was bit really methodical, the way they handled teams, and they're wearing them down and wearing them down. And then by the fourth quarter, you're punching teams in the mouth, and, you know, they're dropping like flies, and then you get your win. And it's like it reminded me of the 1990s and the, and the, 80, and the 80s when you were just kind of rolling through the schedule. You know, you might have a little hiccup or a close game here or there, Illinois this year, but you knew it was coming. And I'm signed up for more than that. And you know what? Keep signing me up for that. I'm good with that. I want them to run the ball just as much as they did. I don't give a crap how much they throw. If they're going to go 13 and 0, they could throw four times a game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's not about style points. It's about winning. These guys know how to win. These guys are the ones that changed the culture of this program, along with some of their guys, obviously, that left last year, Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo, and those guys. So now you're back to expecting it to rub off on the classes coming behind you and for this thing to continue. I want to hear my guy Chris Ballas two two seats away from me during the game typing furiously right in his column because he knows what's going to happen at the end of the game, right, with so many big wins for Michigan. You know, yeah. games where, where you kind of knew what was going to happen. They're going to get a lead. Yep. They're going to run the ball, uh, control the clock, and the pass rush is going to get after the other team. It was just that same formula over and over and over until the TCU game, which was was obviously crazy. But um, I agree. You know, I, I think this this team – and I, I tweeted this last night where, to me, watching the early years of the Jim Harbaugh era, the middle years of the Jim Harbaugh era, years before that, really in my lifetime, haven't been as blessed uh, as some of the others that saw some of the old other golden ages of Michigan football. But it speaks to the culture that's here, that there are guys like Donovan Edwards who could have opted out or not played you know, in some of those final games due to a, a hand injury. Uh, there are other guys that were dealing with stuff. Mike Morris tries to play against Ohio State. Blake Corum plays on a torn meniscus and sprained MCL for five snaps against Ohio State until he is told he can't go any longer. That stuff and the fact that these guys are coming back for another year because a college football playoff appearance wasn't good enough speaks volumes about the culture that they have built and, and this coaching staff has built. Uh, and it's been just amazing to follow. Uh, in terms of expectations – it's really hard for me to say national championship or bust or even national title game or bust just because I, I do think it would be another success if you beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten. That's kind of the expectation. Uh, or not expectation, but that, that to me, it's not a bust. Um, you want to win it all. You know the guys in that locker room want to win it all. You know that Blake Corum and all those guys have talked about that as being the ultimate goal and, and absolutely should be. Um, but I still think it'd be a big success if they were able to three-peat which is really, really hard to do, especially in this landscape. Um, And then last thing for me in terms of this, uh, but just talking about the guys that are coming back. To me, again, for a third straight year, it's going to be the offensive line that is maybe other than running back, the strongest thing 
on this team. Anthony and I were out at a camp today that was featuring Donovan Edwards, Colston Loveland, and Will Johnson. And we got to talk a little bit to Donovan Edwards' dad, uh, who, who's a great guy and, and was super friendly with us. And we were kind of rattling off some of the O-linemen that are coming back. And even a couple of them, I said, like, Zach Sinter. And Trevor. he's like, oh, that's right. Zach Sinter, guys like that, that sprung his son on, you know, some of the biggest runs of the season. Uh, it's exciting to think about the identity of this team being a smash mouth group that leans on that offensive line. And you got a unanimous All-American running back coming back in Donovan Edwards. Uh, offense is going to be good. Defense is pretty loaded again. You have 15 of 22 starters. Uh, this is going to be – Anthony, I see where you're coming from in terms of potential national title or bust. I'm not quite there, but I think this team has a legit shot to win it. Uh, expectation is going to be sky high. And as Chris, you wrote last week, they're going to be the Big Ten favorite this year, yeah. especially with the Stroud decision. And uh, it's going to be a fun lead-up to this year. I don't know. Michigan State's a sleeper for the uh, the playoff, remember, according to Tom Fornelli or somebody like that. I don't know who it was. Uh, let me ask you this, A.B. Does Donovan Edwards' dad have a high, squeaky voice? <laughs> no, but it's not as deep as – It's not, not as deep as Donovan's? No. No, no one's not, is. I was, I was thinking Donovan, that'd be awesome. If I spoke to Donovan Edwards on the phone, I might think I was talking to his father, honestly. Really? Okay. Um yeah, I just no, thought it'd be great if his dad had this, hey, guys, you know, and his, boy, and, his, and his kids got the voice of God. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Very, so. very, yeah. uh, very, very good family, good people. Yep. It's nice great to people. catch up with some of them today and, and watch those guys give back too. I mean, uh, I know these guys get paid to run these camps that they've been doing, but they genuinely seem happy to be there and to give back. Yeah. And that's always cool to see. Um, yeah, just to address kind of the national title or bus thing, I think when you – it's tough to say that. That's why I say like, you know, even probably what I had posted on the board was even a bit, a bit lofty, but at the same time, um, even when you watch what a team like Georgia did to TCU in the uh, national title game, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that would have happened to Michigan, but you look at some of those schools from the South and, and the talent that they just bring in is uh, insane. And they're going to do that to a lot of people they play, especially when they get out of their own conference. So National title or bust, like, yeah, you can we can have a debate about that. But, you know, if they're ranked number two in the country and, and you look at the roster they have, yeah, I think I I think I would be I would be a little upset if they did not upset. That's not the right way to put it. But the fact that they had been to two playoffs and that they let this one slip away uh, mm-hmm. this past year. But it would, you know, at some point you want to break through that next level. Uh, I think Mich- what Michigan is as a program, just in terms of the caliber at which they can recruit, and kind of the noise they can make. I think I don't think it's un, you know, unforeseen that they can do what Clemson's done, especially if they keep bringing in talent at quarterback. I mean, that's really when things flipped for Dabo down there was when you know you had uh, Deshaun Watson into Trevor Lawrence, and you know if you go from a, let's just say there's a scenario where you have JJ McCarthy for the next two years, then you flipped over to say a Jaden Davis or whoever it might be. You know, that's I think what's been proven and. You know, at least um, we've talked about this, too, in terms of what the offense could look like. I mean, it will look like it has looked, but I do think they stumbled on something a bit in the Fiesta Bowl and that, you know, unleashing J.J. McCarthy's legs a little bit more, not even necessarily his arm, more so what he can do with his legs. And, and quarterback play is ultimately was, is what is going to keep you in that conversation. And I haven't been shy about saying that uh, I think that J.J. will have a, a big offseason and kind of pop next year as more of a as even more of a dual threat guy. So uh, any other final thoughts on the roster? I mean, it was, it was interesting to me. I know Chris Jenkins had told you guys at the bowl game that he, um, 
that he would, had planned on coming back. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Pete Thamel says that he was considering it. And then today, obviously, he drops the news uh, that he will be returning to Michigan. But none of these really reg- – I guess Corum to me would be the biggest surprise. But uh, everyone else, it, it does feel like when they cite unfinished business – uh, it does feel like everyone could stand to maybe improve their stock a little bit more. Yeah, I think Zinter is a, a big surprise too. Corum didn't surprise me as much because we we learned immediately after his injury that hey, I, I got you know what I can can I leave like this you know and that's what I love about that kid. Can I leave Michigan like this? He's going to be a captain, flat out. I mean, they should vote today. You know what? And and put it out there because he's going to be a captain. But Chris Jenkins did say he told me directly. He said. I yes, I'm absolutely coming back. We must get back here. It's not an option. So that's why it wasn't really surprising. These guys want theirs, guys. They want their NIL money. And that's another thing we can go back to with the, the Ward Manual Santa Ono thing. Santa Ono wants them to be number one when it comes to making sure that their kids are taken care of as well. So, and I think they've made strides there. We hear a lot of fans complaining about it, but uh, guys on our board who are part of that champion circle collective valiant management and all that uh, are doing a great job that one year one more year campaign huge success and when i sat down with those guys about two months ago or a month ago you know and i said you know it's really should you should start by trying to get these guys back for another year or to stay you know rather than bolting for the money and they said absolutely that's a goal and guess what here we are so but you still need elite recruits guys to convince to come back, right? You can have a, a senior laden team and still be Indiana uh, if you don't recruit well initially. And the transfer portal should only be to plug gaps, not to fill your roster. So there's still a sweet spot that they have to find. Uh, you know, when you said, Anthony, you know, you're at Michigan, you should, you have to, you'll be able to recruit like this. I agree with that as long as they figure NIL out. And that's still something that they're working on. There is a big announcement coming, a an announcement in which they are going to sign with a, a massive agency that are that's going to provide deals for for kids uh, across all sports so keep an eye on that we are not giving a timetable because the last time i did that i got killed so we won't do that but it is coming we can promise you i did get an update from somebody working directly on it they said it's still with the lawyers they're still ironing out some details guys this is a first time thing okay this is a unique thing so just show a little patience here and uh, they're making progress for real quick are you taking credit for the one more year fund Am Am I? I? Yeah. Only if I would have won the lottery. (laughs) Contributed. So, but but, uh, the idea, the idea. No, I, but when I told one of the guys working directly with it and that's, he said, that's exactly what I've been saying. You know, you've got to get these guys, you can get these guys back. It's like, like what's his Blake Corum coming back is like getting a five star, like a top five guy in the country, you know, for a year. So to me, that's where recruiting starts is getting these guys back. And uh, you know what? So no, I'm not taking credit for it, but it just seemed to make sense. And the fact that they agreed with it, uh, you know what? It, it, it made me feel better because it really made me think that these guys really knew what they were doing. No, I'm just messing with you. I know you are. Yeah, it, no, it is a great idea. And I said this yeah. when Hunter Dickinson came back, Mm-hmm. as well and talked about getting his degree nil incentivizes as much as i hate nil and talking about it and and how corrupt college football has become it incentivizes getting a degree staying in college that sort of thing and i like that and as a fan of college football you're seeing more guys come back in college basketball as well um and, and that you know that excites me um but yeah i mean that's huge and I will say this as well. They do have a ways to go. And we talked about how NIL hindered that 2023 recruiting class. But seeing this, if you're a recruit, seeing that it looks like these guys are being taken care of um, and and they want to come back, 
top players in the country like Blake Corum. PFF says he's the best returning college football player in the entire country. Guys like that, um, that's got to you know give you a little more reassurance that you're going to get taken care of if you come to Michigan as well. So you can kind of feel a little bit of momentum there. And, and reading some of the reports from our recruiting guys, EJ Holland and Zach Libby, uh, it sounds like they are making some positive waves in the 2024 class. They have a pretty good three, four guys already. And, um, you know, it seems like they kind of were more in with some of those kids than 23 anyway, knowing that they could potentially get it figured out in time. So that's huge as well, because uh, you, you want to keep this thing going as well. You have some young talent right now, but you got to get another crop underneath them. Yeah, I guess final thought here for me is that we, we were actually Clayton and I talked about this uh, on the drive. About, I think it was back from the camp today where, you know, ultimately recruiting is recruits are lotto tickets and five star recruits, four star recruits. These guys are graded, at least by modern sort of recruiting rankings, based on what uh, the pundits and the rankers feel like your NF, your chances of being an NFL player are. And if you're not going to bring in the blue chip guys uh, again, it's just kind of like sticking, you know, the Dutch boy sticking his finger in the dam right now. Right. Uh, you're getting NFL players back, not getting, you don't have as many lotto tickets, but you're getting proven guys back that you might not have gotten in, in recent years. And um, you know, for this year it works and for what this window is, it works. Um, so props to them for that. I want to, we're going to talk about our friends about the rogue shop at the rogue shop here in a moment. Do want to acknowledge a, a few super chats that we got. Uh, $1.99 from Steve Deese Burner, who says, excited <laughs> and props to Santa Ono and Jim. So thank you, Steve Deese Burner. And then our guy Shane Johnson with a $50 oh my God. super chat. My Shane, goodness. you're a stud. He's, uh, he's the man. Uh, yeah. Happy Warriors, Shane says. Happy fans. Uh, three Jack Harbaugh's and three <laughs> beers on me at the Brown Jug. Fellas, I love how the culture is, is at an all-time high. Uh, with those seven players returning, as they say, for unfinished business, he writes in all caps, 2023 national champions. And then he quotes, if you believe it, the mind can achieve. So uh, thank you so much, Shane. Again, we might we'll see how the show goes. We might have some time uh, for questions later on. Another one from uh, Tim, uh, $10 here before we do our ad read. One more game for Jake Moody in the winged helmet. Shrine game this year, February 2nd. Uh, they changed up the senior bowl that are, they are getting coached up by NFL coaching staffs this time. I think the senior bowl has done that, but yeah, Tim, uh, Michigan football, the 2022 squad definitely has a couple of these little showcase games. I know, uh, I think Schoonmaker and Olu are in the senior bowl uh, or no Schoonmaker's in the East West shrine game. I think it is uh, yep. a couple Hayes, other guys are in the senior bowl. Hayes and Ronnie in, in the yep. senior bowl and okay. Tim, uh, Tim, a good, uh, Close confidant of Jake Moody as well that we got to hang out with at the That's Big right. Ten Championship. Thanks for chiming in, Tim. Above St. Elmo's, it felt like a, a mafia yeah. powwow there for a while with the lighting and everything. Tim, like the red great. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the red. It was velvet too, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and we were up there. What, what was the game it was on that we were watching? I think it was. Uh, you were watching, watching USC refuse to play defense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's funny how you're rooting for something all year, and you're like, "Oh my God, we need them to lose. You need them to lose. You need them to lose." And it's like yeah. none of it played out that way. So it just doesn't matter, folks, until those last couple of games. It's really the point there. But Tim Cornet uh, and the Moody's, the parents. Uh, you know what? I get emotional thinking that we aren't going to be able to to hang with them again because. Uh, uh, those are great people, and uh, Jake Moody is one of the best, one of the best people 
and players, uh, I don't care that he's only a kicker, whoever came through here, uh, and he'll never be just a kicker because of that hit that he laid in that in whatever game that was where he put his chest right into, into that guy, helmet into that guy's chest. Special teamers are football players, man. I've been saying it for years. So except for except for Chris Stapleton from nineteen ninety one. Okay, continue. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't born yet. Nineteen ninety. No. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about our friends over at uh, over at Rogue Shop. Wanted to take a few moments to talk about Richard and Charmaine, who have been wonderful, wonderful partners for us on our Monday night show, uh, specializing in sustainable small batch plant medicine. Uh, Richard, as you guys know, is a disabled combat veteran. His wife, Charmaine, is a CBD consultant and life coach. Uh, go to rogueshop.com if you're someone who has issues sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit less of it now after this this Harbaugh stuff is done. Um, but yeah, uh, chronic pain, anxiety, stress. Um, Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables. Bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soap, the sea scroll of products they have. I, I, I don't even have enough time to read it on this show. They sell so much. So it's all handcrafted. It's all made with, uh, with care, with love. They will write you handwritten messages in the packages that you buy. They are available 24-7 with the chat function they have on their website. Everything is custom formulated with cannabis, uh, vitamins, and plant materials. Uh, Rogue Shop is America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop. Of course, they operate out of Big Ten country uh, over in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, they are, uh, as we said, disabled veteran owned, black owned, woman owned. They only have five employees. That is the personal touch that you're getting with our friends over at the Rogue Shop. So uh, promo code the Wolverine will get you 10% off over there at rogueshop.com. That's R O G U E. S-H-O-P dot com, R-O-G-U-E. Some people mix up the, the U and the G in there. It's not Rouge Shop, RogueShop.com. And, and fellas, like I said, they have been tremendous allies to us and uh, have actually, they sent care packages out to us and everything that they say, chronic pain, uh, sleeping issues, anxiety, stress, it all works. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. And the Delta nine gummies look like the everlasting gobstoppers from Willy Wonka. I just noticed that. So I am getting that next just because of that, but it works great guys. Uh, the sleepless nights, you know, you guys saw me up at four in the morning on the message boards and stuff like that. And uh, you're all stressed out. And this weekend it was like, man, lights out. I needed it. Uh, help me out. Uh, and it's been great. Great for me. Great for my family. I can, I can genuinely say honestly that several family members and their friends have been uh, have tried it and used it and uh, love it so we highly recommend it yeah i got a dm recently of somebody saying they tried it and they loved it they used our promo code so do that i know a lot of people use maybe other companies for it but get this discount and they are the best richard and char with the handwritten notes the live chat function they are truly uh known friends and trusted agents Chris, uh, you'll you'll get this one. I don't ever want to be called into Richard and Charmaine's office for stealing fizzy lifting drinks. So, <laughs> Clay won't get it, but my old soul buddy there, Anthony <laughs> Broom, will. And uh, fantastic, great good reference. day, sir. Yeah, I said good day. <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's uh, our friends over at uh, RogueShop.com. Promo code the Wolverine. Uh, temp- we'll get you ten percent off over there. So uh, let's. I think to close out our show, we won't go on much longer. Again, 
Uh, if you want to get into the questions, uh, because it's such a loaded show tonight, we'll only do the super chat questions. So if you, we have time for a couple of those at the end, but I want to, I want to turn the page now to the off season. Ro- the roster is more or less kind of set. We'll see what happens in the portal. There will be guys that transfer out coaching staff. I think we expect everyone to be back. I mean, the, the coaching carousel uh, in college is more or less done. NFL, we'll see what happens in terms of assistance and support staff people. But spring condition or uh, winter conditioning starts today. Spring football, we expect probably six, seven weeks from now. What becomes the next priority for this football program heading into the offseason? I think figuring out NIL and I don't care what anybody says, you know what, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you can recruit because it's still the lifeblood of your program. And that's why I think Santa Ono has brought that up. I think that's why people on our message boards and Michigan fans who are really into it are insistent that it happen. Otherwise you're gonna get left behind guys. I'm not talking about paying him $3 million for a quarterback, but there is a sweet spot that you can find. I've been writing about it, frankly, unfortunately for about, you know, 18 months where it needs to get better. It needs to get better. It needs to get better. And that's not a slap at the people like our friend who has been donating a ton of money and keeping this thing afloat, but it is, kind of a warning shot that if you don't, if there are people out there that aren't going to get on board and before they didn't know where to spend their money right now, they do. Now they know who to send the check to. There are collectives out there where you're going to make a difference that you better get on board. Otherwise you're going to get left behind. So to me, that's where it starts. This program is going to be good in great shape either way for the next two, three years, you can get by with one adequate recruiting class, which is what they had this year. And part of it, the reason that it's a little bit better than it, than it, uh, than we thought it was initially is because of what they were able to do in the transfer portal, but you got to get that squared away. So I think they're going to have a great off season with Ben Herbert. Uh, he's, he's one of the best in the business as a strength coach. Going to be exciting to see what they accomplish in the spring in terms of young guys coming, stepping up. We saw it last year where guys emerged. You're going to need a cornerback, right? Maybe Jaden McBurrows. You guys talked to a couple of them today, Clay, I'm going to let you talk about that. You guys got some great exclusives out there at that camp, but, you know, other than that, man, they're, they're so loaded at so many positions that you just get excited thinking about it. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's pretty much smooth sailing from here. This was kind of the one speed bumper hurdle that you had to get over solidifying the NFL decisions and solidifying your head coach position, which seems to be a, a recurring theme. Um, in, in your past that it's, it's what, six weeks till spring ball, as we said, you go from there, uh, you know, continue to develop some of these guys. If you're one of the Michigan coaches, you know, you're going to continue to recruit here. You still have Nicholas Harbor, a five-star out there, probably going to be a tough pull, but, um, you know, you never know. And Michigan's in the mix there. So uh, things like that. But beyond that, I mean, you're looking at a ton of momentum, uh, something that Michigan used last year, I thought, to really propel itself. Uh, a big thing going into this offseason as well is you have a starting quarterback that is the starting quarterback, no ifs, ands, or buts. He's going to be leading this team, uh, you know, in addition to some of the guys we've talked about already, Blake Corum on the offensive side, some of the offensive linemen, Cornelius Johnson. But it's J.J. McCarthy, his show, uh, and and that's big, I think, for this team. A lot of veteran leadership. Chris, you said it, like they should vote on captains already. But to me, and of course, you know, you're half joking there, but it's a great sign when you kind of know who they're going to be. Uh, because those guys, those voices are going to be the most prominent. The guys that are spending the most time right now with the players are going to be Ben Herbert and his staff and just the players with themselves. And you'll see it throughout the summer as well with player-led workouts. So they're in a great, great spot here, uh, as good as you could ask for, uh, better than any Big Ten program right now, uh, which is just crazy to say after 
15, 20 years of Ohio State dominating really the conference, but also Michigan. Um, so, yeah, you, you kind of go from there. But uh, it, it's smooth sailing. Yeah, four guys that you know who could be. And then you got four or six other guys, Anthony, that are great leaders, too. And you could say, hey, I can see those guys being captains as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if it's another – I think last – did last year's team had five captains? Or was was yeah. it this year, too? Yeah, right? two of them transferred out before the season ended. And yeah. they still won the Big yeah. Ten. They, they yep. just, you should have your captainship revoked uh, if you transfer out before the season. <laughs> I ended. wouldn't be shocked if there's – in the official the official books, if there are a couple names – I mean, I don't know this, but that yeah. aren't in there. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean – they could probably go 10 deep in terms of captains and alternate captains. And I think it's, it's a leadership group where, you know, I long said, and this take predates even me joining this site is that, you know, the climb was going to be tough. And, and because that the first kind of five years towards the end got a little stagnant, uh, the Jim Harb, you know, the, that part of the Jim Harbaugh era, it was going to take a special group of guys, but it the, the most important thing was that it was going to take a special group of players because we've seen guys in those moments, um, kind of shrink when the lights were the biggest and shrink on the load or on the road. I remember a game at uh, the, the Notre Dame game. Was it to open the 2018 season? I remember being down in the field and you could see guys. They just had that deer in the headlights look. And these guys, I mean, we've gone from that to guys doing the jump around thing at, at, uh, at Wisconsin and um, you know, the pink towels at Iowa and all that. Like they want, they've embraced being the villain and- at Nebraska. Another one, yeah, in Nebraska the, as well. They were dancing in the light in the dark. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah it's it almost great. like the, the the more you hate them, the better they get. So maybe right. um, needed. Maybe maybe that's the recipe for the playoff next year. Who knows? But um, yeah, I just uh, in terms of, I mean, to me, by far the two biggest, I guess you can call them question marks on the roster heading into the off season. It's it's wide receiver, just because I think they you know they lose Ronnie Bell, who's as reliable as it gets. Cornelius Johnson, I mean, kind of a legend for what he did at Ohio State, but um, needs to be more consistent. Roman Wilson disappeared at times this year, but uh, there's going to be opportunity there for guys. And, and we talk, I talked to Will Johnson about not only you know the guys that could start next to him at cornerback, but also some of those sophomore receivers for next year and, and who might be the toughest, to, uh, the toughest for him personally to deal with. So I'll have more on the wide receiver thing tomorrow. But um, you know, right now it's Jaden McBurrows or it's Miles Pollard or uh, Amorian Walker, a guy who's played both of those positions, was a, guy, a name that was invoked uh, by Johnson today. So conditioning starting today is the first step towards that. How these guys prepare is going to determine the opportunity they give themselves in spring football. But, yeah, it's tough to – you know, it's not like looking at an Alabama roster and being like, okay, there's a first-round pick at quarterback. There's a couple at wide receiver. It's not quite like that. No, they have they have a couple NFL guys at just about every position group, and that's that's what it takes to win big at this level of the sport right now. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know what? What's lacking are those really high picks. You know what? You look at Georgia's defense last year, for example. I mean, you're not going to replicate that, but you can. Again, uh, is there ceiling national championship? You know, we keep talking about that. But when I watch Georgia play again this year, I'm thinking, man, that would have been a tough game to win. You know, that offensive line outplayed the Joe Moore award winning line at Michigan. I thought they were better, frankly, at the end of the season in the last two years. And maybe they deserve to win it at least one of those years when you look at their bodies and you look at how they were moving people the way which Michigan couldn't do against TCU 
frankly. So, so you know what? You still need a couple game breakers. Maybe a Darius Clemens emerges. Maybe a Morian Walker, who I think it was Ronnie Bell called him a freak or something like that, or an alien, I think was the word that he used. Can he step up and be that guy that you're missing there? And because you need that, you still need it. Uh, they aren't. They still don't have a, you know, as good as Blake Corum is as a great college running back. You know what? He's not a first round pick, in my opinion. He's still a small guy. Donovan Edwards could be, what, a second? second, third round pick, do you think, next year, guys? Uh, I don't know, depending on what he does. So it's not like you have these elite NFL guys, but you have a bunch of NFL guys who, when they play like they did and play as well together as long as they have, can do some really nice things. And that's what excites me about this team. And there's something to be said about having veterans in there as well, where you Mm -hmm. you may have a third round or a third year first rounder, but we have a sixth year, uh, you know, fourth rounder or something like that. Uh, what does that correlate to? I don't necessarily know, but I do know this team has an identity as well. They have a, a really strong culture that has carried them a long way. So those things matter as well. Uh, when the game gets tight at Ohio state, it's Mike Sainer still standing up on the bench saying, look at, they're going to fold right here. Uh, and sure enough, they did. And Michigan was the team that was ready to take advantage. So uh, that stuff matters as well, but totally agree. You know, this isn't, this isn't a, you know, it's a pretty loaded roster in terms of where you know, a big 10 team or, you know, a Michigan team that we're used to, but uh, you know, you still gotta, you know, these things still kind of have to go your way a little bit. We've seen it the last two years, Rutgers, Penn state in 2021, Chris, you mentioned earlier, the Illinois game this year, 1997, it was the Iowa game. There are always those examples where a break here, a break there, a close game here, a close game there. Uh, but this team is, is definitely set up really well. And, uh, and yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how this, offseason goes and, and how the uh, beginning of the year goes. But, uh, you know, again, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that Penn State game on the road, guys. We're going to – there's a hotel just about an hour outside of town with one of those curly slides in the pool and all that. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so – and it's got a golf course connected to it as well. So we'll go out there a couple of days early and uh, and have a little bit of fun. Hopefully the hot tub works. The hot tub works. It's got a waterfall. I wasn't going to say it because it sounded a little flaky, but you know, it's good stuff, guys. It's awesome. Well, on that note, uh, let's take, we're going to take one more, uh, one more question here. Dave Mays uh, hopped in from a super for a super chat for $10. Uh, This is where we'll end the show tonight. He says, most people are assuming Ward was or is an impediment to NIL and should be fired. What's your take? I'm not going to do like fired or won't he be fired like is should he be fired that type of stuff um i all i can really say and this covers my opinion on it is nil is not probably where it should be right now slow adopting i think the athletic department has to wear some of that uh in terms of some of the other stuff i mean letting john beeline walk letting eric backage walk uh still doesn't sit right with me uh the mel pearson stuff was what it was the last two off seasons of Football negotiations have been odd to me. Um, it hasn't been a good couple years. And that's, I'll just kind of leave it at that. He's also done a lot of great things. Uh, all of these athletic programs are winning and, and competing for Big Ten championships. And that's ultimately what you are, uh, what you are defined on as. But I don't know. It's uh, some, something's missing there. Something's, something's, and I like, I like him as a guy. Uh, I, he's, he's always been good to us, at least on a personal level, but I, I, I don't know where this is headed. Things, things feel weird right now. I don't think he was proactive with it. I don't think he embraced it. Uh, and I think that he almost had to be convinced to do some of this by 
his boss and some other people. So uh, is that an impediment? I don't know if you would consider that an impediment, but in this position, I think it was awfully short-sighted for them not to get on top of this and say, hey, okay, this is what we need to do to make sure we stay on top, right? Uh, instead of, okay, well, let's just see what happens when we get there and we have a couple bad recruiting classes, then maybe we'll react to it. It doesn't work that way. So um, I don't think there's any question that Santa Ono, the president, was involved there too. When they, when they talked about the collectives and they sent out the email about the collectives guys, and this is where you need to donate. Um, that I think it was a direct result of the president getting involved as well. So uh, I'm not saying anybody should be fired. I'm just saying that there is a higher standard at Michigan and there's a level that they need to achieve with NIL that they should already be at. And it's unfortunate that they're not. Yeah. You got to be ready to adapt and, and change with the, the changing world of, college athletics and it seemed like Michigan was a little bit slow we'll, we'll see what happens going forward Chris you've reported on a ton of positive steps that Michigan's taken so uh, I can't give him no credit for that either um, and, and the winning on the field but uh, Anthony to your point it, it is a little odd when you look at um, you know part of his job is really to keep a lot of these coaches happy keep them here um, and you know it seems like there have been you know, times of friction in, in that regard and, and, you know, a couple of departures that you mentioned. So, um, you know, kind of a mixed bag in, in terms of results. Um, but I, I think Ward Manuel is a, a good guy, a Michigan guy, and, uh, and, you know, can definitely do some things going forward with NIL as we've seen some of those steps. So um, not ready to, to call for his head by any means. Eric Backage was at the Legacy Center yesterday in Ann Arbor, and uh, or just short, just north of Ann Arbor, uh, with a friend of mine and a former neighbor of his, and he had some very telling things to say. It'll be interesting to see if he ever goes on the record. But you, you know, I don't think Michigan was ever going to pay to keep him uh, because you know he's commanding a huge salary right now at Clemson, and this is not a revenue sport at Michigan. But uh, there, I don't think there's any question, like we reported you know, a week or two ago, that he left with a bit of a bad taste in his mouth. That's my opinion after hearing from people. So, And you don't want that to happen, guys. When you have Hall of Fame coaches and elite coaches, to me, you do whatever you can to keep them. Maybe I'm stupid and you know what uh, I call a booster, you know, who loves the baseball program and say, hey, this is what we want to do. We understand that, you know, you're not going to get a great return on your investment in terms of uh, what we can put into facilities and everything else. But uh, you know what, it'll make sure that we keep winning. And really, that's the objective of any, of any program. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good spot to leave it. Uh, mm -hmm. Fellas, I think uh, objectively speaking, uh, maybe even subjectively speaking, uh, who knows? Uh, tremendous show tonight. I think uh, it, it helps when there's a lot of news going on. It will be telling. Uh, we'll see what happens now that the fire's been. What do we do? Where are we going to get our clicks, guys? I mean, oh, the clickbait. Oh, no. Done. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, if I hear clickbait one more time uh, from some Twitter guy, I won't do anything, but I'll just take it hard. So uh, let's put I'll it that cry. way. But, yeah, exactly. Um, my favorite is when you tweet, uh, when anyone tweets something and like, well, just an opinion, just a fleeting thought, like this is clickbait. I'm like, mm -hmm. on what? I didn't share a link to anything. What are right. you clicking on? So, right. Exactly. Um, well, if you would like access to our stuff that is not clickbait, uh, and, and our insider content, uh, you can have access to our site for 2999, uh, which gets you unlimited everything through, uh, August 31st. So right up to football season again, um, do the math. Uh, it's, it's less than probably cost you about $4 a month. If my math is correct, probably a little bit less than that. So 
hop on, decide if we're decide if our content's for you. Uh, we think it is. I think our, the track record speaks for itself. And uh, getting, I think the the content that has been put out by the staff over the last year or so has been. Uh, I'm not even talking about my stuff. My stuff you could take or leave, but uh, everyone everyone is bringing their best every day. And uh, we appreciate you guys for being part of it too. Be sure to like uh, the video below, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can you can get this video in audio form on any of our podcast feeds on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. If you consume your podcast somewhere and we're not there, let us know and we'll get it. We'll make sure it gets on there. But other than that, um, another good show. Jim Harbaugh's back. Michigan football. The run continues. And we'll see what happens going into 2023. But for Chris Ballas, for Clayton Safey, I'm Anthony Broom. You guys are the best. Thanks to our super chatters tonight, uh, Steve Deese, Burner, Shane Johnson, and Dave Mays. And we'll talk to you again soon. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.